Welcome to the Forest FM Podcast, episode 96. I'm Killian Vigna. And I'm Zoe Bilal Springer. In this week's episode, we're talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly side of customer feedback, why you should pay less attention to praise, and how to turn negative feedback into a positive, and make your business really stand out. As always, we'll top off the show with our latest announcements and upcoming Forest Academy webinars. So, grab yourself a cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and join us weekly for all your salons, business, and marketing needs. Good morning, Zoe. Good morning, Killian. This week, all about customer feedback. Customer feedback, yeah, yeah. So, um... So basically, this show is going to be all about why it's so important to ask your customers for feedback. And we're not just talking about going asking the clients, you know, your most loyal clients who are going to always big up your ego and talk about how great your salon is. No, we're talking about why feedback. Although it is nice. It is nice. It is great. But basically what we're going to focus on here is why feedback shouldn't always be full of praise. So that's kind of where the good, the bad and the ugly is going to come into. But we're pretty sure most of you out there are doing a great job of it anyway, so not to worry about that. So some of you may remember today's guest from past episodes, such as humanizing your brand through marketing and the art of effective marketing focus. Or for regular podcast listeners, you've probably come across Everyone Hates Marketers, the no fluff, actionable marketing podcast. That's a real big up there. So that's some good customer feedback for our our guest today, Louis Grenier. So welcome back to Forest FM, Louis. Welcome back. Bonjour, bonjour. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. Good to have you. Bonjour, bonjour. I love how you always start with bonjour, bonjour. Even when we were emailing them, the very first emails were bonjour, bonjour. <laughs> yeah, I can't forget where I'm going from, you know. <laughs> Just makes it sound so smooth. It really eases in it, doesn't it? Cool. So, Louis, let's kick it off. What do we mean by feedback? What are we talking about here? Are we talking about like testimonials? Are we talking about reviews that we see on the likes of Google, Facebook, Yelp? To put it simply, it's about what people think. That's as simple as it is. Feedback should be about people telling you what they think about your business, about you, uh, about what you should improve, uh, about what is great that you should do more of. And so whatever the channel, whatever the format, that's what customer feedback is. So you mentioned reviews, online reviews. That's one form of feedback. Talking directly to someone, uh, one of your customer, that's feedback. Talking to a group of people, that's feedback. Uh, sending a survey and getting answers, that's also feedback. So it doesn't really matter the channel or the format as long as you're listening to what people have to say. Well, do you think there is stigma then associated with this, like, you know, expecting the worst or finding it hard to accept when, even when it's good? Do you find, I know you, you've you worked a lot in, in that sphere. Remember even you working on the Forest website and gathering feedback. How do you feel about that? So that's a very leading question, right? So one of the things not to do uh, when we send a survey is to send this kind of question. It's good for a conversation like this because that actually triggers me to talk about it. But the reason why I say it's leading is that we assume that there might be stigma, even though there might not be. So I never really saw customer feedback or feedback as a way, a negative thing, me personally. And then I can say for the business in general, why it's helpful. I guess I don't, I don't think people rely enough on feedback and they think they know enough or they might be a bit scared of getting feedback from customers and because that could be painful sometimes. Some people might have imposter syndrome, like, you know, feeling like they're a fraud and therefore like people telling them what they could improve might trigger them to, to go back to, to uh, like to go to in their, within their shell and not, go, not get out. And others are scared of asking. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you cannot not afford, no, you cannot afford, no, hold on a second. The double negative is throwing off here. You can't afford not to ask for feedback. Right. And the reason why I said that is we did this um, at Hodger, 
which is the, the company I work for, uh, even though my podcast is Everyone Hates Marketers, that's a side project. But anyway, at Hotjar, we did a customer experience study recently. And one of the key learning was that customer feedback is the number one driver of successful companies, specifically the one that really deliver an outstanding customer experience. And the better the customer experience they deliver, the more customer feedback is the number one driver of that. So that means for any salons out there, even the small ones that might be delivering a great experience already, if you, if you listen to more feedback, if you ask for more feedback, you will get better. And for the ones who are not there yet, if you start listening to good customer feedback and we'll explain how to get that in the next few minutes, then you will also improve because that's just empathy, right? It's just, you connect with people, they tell you stuff, you improve and that's how it works. So you're saying there feedback is the number one driver. You've proved that with Hotjar. But sometimes feedback can be biased. It can be based on like our moods or our past experiences. So is it sometimes a good idea or even better to ignore feedback? How do we deal with that? Or do we take all feedback on board? So it, it's a tricky question because there are always reasons behind, behind people telling you what they think. And they might phrase it in a weird way. They might phrase it in an angry way. They might be in a mood, in like moody, and they might tell you something that is kind of harsh. But at the end of the day, there's always a reason behind this thinking, right? So customers going to your salon might be in a mood when they go to your salon, right? So you can't control that. Uh, customers going to your salon might not exactly fit your personas, the type of people you want in. I mean, you need to listen to that type of feedback in order to understand your business better. And so I guess the, the way to process feedback in general and as general advice is really to understand why, to ask why. So if you have the, the luxury or the chance to talk to someone directly and they tell you, listen, I, I hate your, your salon. I can't deal with it. There's too much delay. Uh, I'm always waiting an hour to be, to be treated and all of that. And I, I'm going to leave. That's actually a very, very good way to get your customer back and offer an outstanding experience so that they will come back and they will even bring their friends. And the way to do that is just asking why. The reason why they tell you is that they care and they care so that you can ask more questions. So you can say, why, why is that happening? Why is it so frustrating for you? Well, because, you know, I come back from work and I have an appointment at six. I don't want to wait until seven. I have to go see my kids. Okay. I get that. So you start to empathize a bit more and you say, Hey, hold on a second. What if we offer something for those busy people who are just off work and have just an hour slot in their day? to go to our salon, why don't we create, I don't know, a prioritized track that only those people are allowed to take appointments during this hour. So that it's the after work uh, slot and there's never, there will never be any delay or it's your money back. You know, you can only already start thinking of a win one conversation about this type of ideas. So you shouldn't take feedback personally for, for sure. Uh, you should really try to dissociate yourself from what they tell you about your business and what it is about yourself. It's never about yourself. It's always about the business and you should dig deeper into the why behind all of that. And there's always a good reason. And even if you think this person is quote unquote emotional or not rational, well, that's the way they think and you can't control that. What you can control is the way you react to it. Fair enough. Well, how do you feel about them saying, you know, the customer's always right? <laughs> the classic. Yeah, so I have a I have a good answer for that. I've been thinking about that a lot because in marketing, people can I curse in this podcast? We didn't I mean, you've done it before. <laughs> <laughs> no, all right. Um, but in marketing, there is also this this phrase, right, that is being said a lot, which I can't I cannot stand it. And it's about yeah, the cus the customer is always right, or the opposite, which is 
um, you know, uh, Henry Ford said, if we had asked a customer, they would have asked for uh, faster horses, right, instead of a car. So therefore, you shouldn't listen to customers because they don't have a clue. So it's really about, once again, that if people tell you what they think, that's the way they think. And thinking that you shouldn't ask them anything because they don't know anything is the wrong way to, to, to think about it, uh, purely because it's never about what they think you should be doing. It's about the root cause of the problem. So as I mentioned before, it's not because a customer will tell you, oh, we want this, you really need to change this. You need to change the color of your chairs or whatever that you need to listen. However, the underlying problem they are trying to tell you is what you need to understand so that you yourself can come up with a solution or innovation. So for the Henry Ford quote, instead of asking customers what do you want, they are only thinking of their own world. And so, yes, they would ask for faster horses. But if you ask them, you know, what is the biggest pain point in your life today? What, is, what are you struggling the most with? They might say, it takes me eight hours to go from point A to point B to visit my mom. Now that you know that, you might innovate and try to think of a faster solution for, a solution for this problem, right? So that's the answer to the, to the opposite of it. Now, is the customer always right? Not if you consider a solution. If you just tell you, you should be doing that and you should be doing that. No, that's up to you to decide. But the problems that they suffer from, the problems that they think they have from, from their perspective is always right because that's how they feel. Right, that makes sense. But then it illustrates then that, you know, it's, a, it's really about asking the right question or the good question to get to the underlying reason of why they're leaving X or Y comment or, or thought. Yeah. So it's about, I think, more than just asking the right question, it's really about being curious. So let's say you're speaking with a friend at a cafe or having a pint, if you're back in Dublin some days, and uh, you ask them, you know, what's going on in your life? And they might start to say, oh, you know, I, I don't really... You know, I don't really enjoy myself at the minute. Like I'm really struggling at work. If, if you just move on to another topic and say, oh, okay, cool. Um, and how about personal life? How is it going? That's not the normal way to have a conversation with someone, right? So for feedback, it's the same thing. If they start telling you something that they have in their, in their, in their mind and that they feel in their heart, then you just need to keep asking. So if they say, you know, I really, I, I don't really like going to the salon anymore. You know, I, okay, why? What's happening? Well, I'm not... I don't know if I should say, but I, I'm not, I'm, I don't like the staff too much anymore. Okay, what do you mean? Can you tell me more? Well, actually, there's one person in the staff I don't really, I can't really stand. Uh, they're being very mean to me or whatever it is, right? So by just being curious and asking the right question, which is always why, 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 you can drill into the deeper problems that you can solve. And another thing I want to say before we move on to maybe some like more practical tips is the fact that you shouldn't necessarily listen to everyone. And that's difficult to do at the very start of your business. But if you have an established business or even a business that is already making some, some good money, you should try to listen to the right customers, to the right type of customers, ideally the customer that you care about the most. So if your salon caters to working moms in particular, you know that you have a sweet spot for them and they're very good for you. Maybe you should really, shouldn't really listen to people outside of that. You should listen if they speak to you, right? You shouldn't say, sorry, I don't care about what you have to say, because they might have friends that fit the demographic. On the other hand, you might not put as much weight uh, from the conversation you have with them or the feedback they give you than a working mom that fits exactly your demographic, fits exactly your persona. And that's because obviously you can't uh, have a business for everyone. If you have a business for everyone, then you have a business for no one. So if you have really a good understanding of your ideal customers, who they are, that should solidify the type of feedback you should get from who. 
uh, and that should allow you to get the right type of feedback, the good and the bad feedback and process it better so you can improve your business. So it's almost like saying, rather than just asking, having a general feedback form, it's kind of, you know, the typical, um, typical questions, how did you find your experience today? It's almost like tailoring it to, you essentially have to find what are your business objectives and get feedback based on those objectives, because people are always going to give you feedback based on what they think. But if they don't align with how you want to um, drive your business, then it's almost irrelevant, is it? Well, as long as it comes from the right type of customer, then it's okay to get feedback all the time, right? You should have the pulse of your market, right? Which means that you should be able to get feedback and collect feedback on a daily basis and have your staff being open to hearing recommendations and hearing feedback or have on your website a, a small widget that enables you to collect feedback on the go or on social media to just keep listening to what people have to say. You shouldn't I, I, ever close your your eyes, your ears to that, because there might be nuggets of information that you would have never guessed otherwise, right? You don't know what you don't know. Uh, on the other hand, you're right. If you really want to improve something specifically, you just take the, the example of, let's say, improving your website, then it makes total sense to ask questions that are very targeted towards that so that you get the right answer uh, when you have an issue that you want to solve. But both are very relevant, and I don't think you should do one or the other. So we've structured our feedback. We know we want to get actionable feedback that will help us improve our business. But what stops us falling into the trap of, right, I want to find out feedback that it can help improve my business. But as I'm doing the feedback, I constantly fall into the loop of just trying to hear good things. I suppose like, like what percentage should I be looking at towards positive and negative feedback? So I can't give you a percentage. What I can give you is that you cannot control the bad or the good feedback because it's be feedback. So it's the way you, you see it that is bad or good. To me, bad feedback, which is something like, oh, I hate that, is just an opportunity to improve. It sounds a bit cliche, but it's true. They are gifting you with feedback that a lot of people are not willing to tell you because they couldn't, you know, they, they really don't care. So they care enough to tell you something that could be bad in your eyes, but it's just an opportunity for you to improve. So for the, for good feedback, it's the same thing. Okay, it's good. Uh, your business is doing is going well. They're happy with it. What can you do to 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 wow them even more, to impress them even more? How can you do to double down on that? You know. So both negative and positive feedback, uh, good and bad, is the same thing. At the end of the day, it's just an opportunity to improve. And if you're actively shielding yourself from quote unquote bad feedback, I have bad news for you. Um, I'm not going to say what the bad news is, but it, it's bad news. <laughs> yeah well like okay let's get you let's get you thinking creatively let's like get into more i suppose actionable things let's say i'm a salon owner or spa owner and i want to improve on a few things we'll give you a few scenarios like say for instance customer service what's a good example of like a good question to ask a client say i don't know killian was my client what's a bad example of asking that to improve to be able to improve then on customer service so generally speaking, I mean, we'll take for this type of use cases, I think the, the easiest way is to think about it from a survey perspective, because you can see the, the survey written and like you can send an email, I suppose in Forest, you can do that, send an email, ask for their feedback. Uh, you can obviously tweak that for normal conversations because some of them might sound a bit more unpractical. But for if you want to improve customer service, I would start by saying, how would you rate our customer service, including everything like from, you know, the reception to the treatment itself? from zero to 10, zero being super bad, 10 being super good. So just answer that. And then 
this is when the magic happens is the follow-up question. So you ask them to rate and then you ask them why. What's the main reason for your score? And I would even add something like, please be 100% honest. We love feedback, something like that. That's it. And so that goes back to what I was saying at the start, at the why behind all of that. So yeah, you can get a score if you want. Oh, we have a 9.7. Oh, good. But so what? Um, so you ask them for a score and then you ask them for the follow-up. And you really make sure that they can, they can tell you anything they want, anything that they have in their heart. Um, another good reason to start with the score is that it leverages the foot in the door principle, which is basically the fact that uh, if someone does something small for you, they're more likely to do something bigger afterwards. So if you ask them to rate on the score, it's a very easy action. It's one click or it's one, one word to use. And then they will be more likely to tell you more about what they felt. Cool. So let's say a client did have a problem with a treatment then. How would you go about that one? I would, I would handle it like a normal conversation. Can you tell me more about this problem? Exactly. How did you feel about it? And how can you, you know, how would you solve it if you were me? Something like that. So first question would be, you know, how bad was it? Describe it in detail so that I know exactly what the root cause. And then I would probably ask them, how would you solve it? But see, if the treatment was really bad, would there be a fear of kind of getting, uh, trying to dig into the issue? Yeah, but if you don't dig into the issue, you're never going to solve it and you're going to lose money. Good point. Yeah, absolutely. What about like showcasing, I don't know, you're building a, some sort of leaflet or something like that, and you're trying to get feedback to be able to like showcase a strength, maybe get a testimonial out of someone. How do you go about asking for that? Well, I, I think there are good times to ask for praises. And that's one of the good use cases, right? In your marketing, you want to make sure that you have a strong value proposition, which is a, a very strong message that is simple enough for people to understand, that gives them the right the main reason why they should come to your business, to your salon and not someone else's. So in this instance, I would ask in particular, your happy customers, people who come back all the time, uh, what do you like the most about our salon? And please be 100% honest as well and describe that with as many details as possible. You know, try to be super detailed and, uh, in your answer. And what you do this way is that not only do you get people who know their stuff because they know your salon very well to answer that, you also naturally select your core customer persona, your core ideal customers. And so by asking them what they like the most, you will see like a pattern that you can reuse in your marketing to attract more of them because you don't want everyone, right? You want only the right type of customer. So by simply asking that question, uh, which I'm going to repeat, which is like, what, what do you like the most about our business? What's the one thing that you really like the most about our business that makes you coming back? Please be super detailed in your answer. That should give this answer. So would you use your ideal customer then also to improve a, a service or a treatment, or even if you had a new service or treatment, or say a new staff member who you were training up, would you use your ideal customer then, or would you use someone who has never come into your salon? So, I mean, if you had to do one thing, I would always focus on your ideal customers and your happy customers because they know more. Uh, however, word of mouth is also very important. And, and in a different industry at Hotjar, we know that as well. So we have specific customer personas that are very targeted towards e-commerce and subscription companies. But we also understand the power that it's not because I work in software that all of my friends work in software, uh, very much like it's not because I'm a working mom that all of my friends are going to be working moms. So if you deliver a good experience for every one of them, if, if they come to your salon, they might pick two others and therefore that might attract uh, to your ideal customers. But that's really if you have the luxury to do that in your marketing and, and stuff like that. And most of the time what I see happening is you need to really focus on your happy customers. They, they will attract more people like, like them. 
and, and feedback should be a bit the same. And how do you go about, like, say, if you wanted to learn a bit more about your your competitors, like around town, to see what you could do better, to see maybe what you could do more of, or even something that no one's doing in your area? So that's also a very good use case of feedback. So let's say someone enters your salon for the first time and they um, they just receive their treatment, they're about to leave. You can ask them to give you feedback and say, hey, just uh, hold on a second uh, or something like that uh, to, this, to this effect. Did you look at any other salons before coming here? Yes or no? So if they say, yeah, and once again, asking the question, I would say, did you look at any other salon? Don't be... Don't be afraid to tell me the truth. Like, I won't be offended. Like, seriously, I'm just very curious. Okay, so you didn't look at any salon. Okay, why not? And then they could say something like, well, because I had no other choice. I searched on Google, you were the only one. Or they say, well, a friend of mine told me that I should come back here. And there's no other, you know, I didn't want to be searching for hours. But if they say yes, then this is when you can ask, okay, why did you pick us instead of the others? And why, you know, what was your choice behind that? And that should help you with your marketing as well. Having said that, you can go a bit deeper than that because there is a concept in marketing that is around direct competitors versus indirect competitors or alternatives. So you might think you compete with other salons, but you actually don't. You also compete with all of the other alternatives out there. So if your salon is mainly made around the idea of relaxation, like let's say massage and all of that, just an example, you might not only compete against other salons doing the same, you might compete against uh, running in the park, you might compete against staying um, on your sofa watching TV because that's how other people relax. So in your question, you can ask something like that. You know, if you know that relaxing is the core value proposition and the core reason why they come, um, you ask them, you know, did you consider anything else to relax besides going to our salon? And then in your marketing, this is what you compete against. It's not necessarily against your other salons, but against what others alternatives they might have. Um, and I just finished with this thought, the fact that sometimes you compete against nothing, meaning that you have to convince people to do something instead of planning to do nothing. As I said, a good alternative to going to the salon to get a massage might be just to ask your husband or your wife to, 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 uh, to give you a massage, right? So this is the kind of stuff you compete against in marketing. And so I wouldn't overly uh, obsess about competitors directly because you might be surprised your biggest competitor might not be what you think it is. I really like that because that's taking it back to looking outside your industry again. So it's not always right. I'm a, I'm a hair salon. I got to see what other hair salons are doing. It's what are other people in like outside doing like, like that. I can't beat that relaxation example. Actually, that was just a really good one. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I suppose my last one, um, and maybe Killian, you have another one after, but my, the, the, the other one that comes to my mind kind of relates to what Hotjar does. You know, it, you can kind of see heat maps and stuff of where, uh, where people are going onto websites. How, like, if you don't have the means to use a tool like that, how can you even know where to start on improving a website? So uh, take five of your happy customers, people you're close to, you probably have one, uh, at least five. And just ask them, you know, I give you the, the treatment for free. If you spend 10 minutes with me uh, and we just go, go through our website together, you put them in front of the screen, you sit back and you watch them do what you think is easy to do, such as, you know, can you book a treatment again for me? And they're, oh yeah, where is the book now button again? Oh yeah, it's there, okay. Oh, but why do you ask for these card, card details at this stage, et cetera, et cetera. So 
if you don't have money for feedback, they, it's, that's not a problem at all. Just talk to people and make them do what you want them to do uh, in front of you. If it's for a website, then you show them their website. If it's for a marketing poster, show them the marketing poster. If it's for the inside of your salon, show them the inside of your salon. That's what I would say. And I will say something else, though. It, it's a plug because I have to plug it because it's uh, it actually the question implies it. Hotjar is free forever if you need to, right? So you don't need to pay for it uh, to have uh, a way to listen to customer feedback uh, on your website. All in all, they always say it should be easy enough for a child to navigate around, isn't it? It should be nice and simple. You shouldn't have to question where you're going to find what you want on a website. Yeah, there, there are plenty of principles like this, right? Make it easy and all of that. I, I, I'm afraid of spending too much time on that because it might vary. You know, I might say something like keep your navigation simple, but in fact, it might work better if it's very complex for certain type of people. The best thing I can really say is if you spend time with your happy customers or people that fit your ideal customer, looking at your website with you and performing actions uh, with you and listening to feedback, you will improve your website. But it's too, it's difficult for me to just tell you, you know, if you do that and that and that, uh, your website will improve. So, all right, so let's uh, let's try and recap at what you've talked about at this stage. What are some tips that you use to get some honest feedback now, I suppose? If someone was to start straight after listening to this, what, what should they do? In a sense, it's really about asking them directly to be super honest and asking and telling them that you love feedback, all right? So even if it's face-to-face, you can say like, what did you think of this treatment right now? And please be 100% honest. I genuinely love feedback. So I do care. I want to know. And then you let them talk. So act like a journalist, not a salesman in a sense. So be very curious about things. Ask them why and have a normal conversation with people. That's as simple as it gets. How would you talk uh, to a friend that was, you know, that would explain like problem they suffer from in their life or whatever? Same thing. So if you send a survey and you have an interesting answer coming in, pick up the phone, talk to them and say, I want to know why, like, can you give me more details? Uh, and be open, like people will know from your body language and the way you ask that you genuinely care. So show you care and people will care in return. And I know I, I'm going to answer a question you are not asking, but there's main objection to this, which is, oh, but I don't want to ask for feedback because nobody, nobody's going to give me feedback. They don't care, right? They, they wouldn't, I wouldn't leave feedback to anyone. Sure, you will to customer and to businesses that you care about. You will, and you already did. I guarantee it. So that's why asking to your happy, happy uh, asking your happy customers, asking people who care about your business, they will be more likely to give you uh, feedback. But you will also be surprised about even your first time customers will be happy to help out if, if you ask them nicely. Um, I would be conscious of not to offer prizes for simple feedback, like just you know, how can we improve this salon. Um, I would give prizes or money back for big tasks. Like if you have to sit down for 15 minutes using your website in front of, in front of you, that kind of stuff. But for normal feedback, I wouldn't ask for compensation. Yeah. Cause you do see that on the likes of social media, don't you? Where it's like, oh, take this two minute survey and you can get a voucher, win a voucher. It's almost like, and I know I've done it before. I flew through the survey and gave answers without thinking about my answers just to get the voucher. There you go. You, you, you messed up a business right there. I know. Yeah. For the sake of a voucher, I would have been more honest if they'd give me nothing. <laughs> there you go. And exactly. That's exa- exactly why. So if you want people to give honest feedback, just make sure you get pe- uh, feedback from people who care. And, and, and if you're only starting, ask a few questions, not too many. Uh, it's better to focus on one thing and do it well rather than like asking 40 questions. 
And on that note, you should check out episode 24, where Louis talks about the art of effective marketing focus. There you go. It's just like anything. Yeah. More focus, better answers, better results. There you go. If I may finish, I just again give a few resources that I mentioned throughout. So the, the study I mentioned about customer experience, it's a bit heavy in terms of corporate. It's corporate heavy. I'm not sure too many salon owners will enjoy reading the lot, but the first five findings are interesting. So it's hotjar.com uh, slash blog slash customer dash experience to have the, the point about feedback. If you want some survey questions, ideas, it's hotjar.com uh, slash blog slash survey dash questions. If you want some ideas on website feedback in particular, you guessed it, it's hotjar.com slash blog slash website dash feedback. It's all for free. There's a lot of use cases and and. Of course, hotjar.com, which is a free tool forever if you only use a free plan. Well, look, Louis, thanks very much. It's a pleasure always to have you on the show. And I'm sure we'll see you in the future as well, doing more Forest FMs for us. As usual, great chatting with you. Merci. Merci beaucoup. So there were Louis' points on how to generate customer feedback and why you shouldn't focus necessarily just on positive feedback, but really embrace negative feedback as long as it aligns with your business goals if you know anyone with a story who'd be great on this show slide into our dms we're still planning our early 2019 calendar for forest fm and if you have any feedback feel free to leave us a review on itunes on stitcher we're always looking for suggestions on how to improve the show and we really do love feedback so please be 100 honest otherwise have a wonderful week guys we'll catch you next monday all the best